This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. The opinions expressed on this show and in this podcast are those of the host and guests. They do not represent the opinion of Free FM. We encourage listeners to evaluate issues for themselves from a range of credible sources. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everything gonna be alright this Yeah, good morning, one and all, and this is From the Fringes, a program about alternative provocative views. Uh, My name is Jack Geelan. Uh, My co-host is Jenny Puamanuka. Kia ora, guys. And our guest today is Mike Ferris. How are you, Mike? Very good, thank you. Thanks for inviting me. Right. Okay, first of all, I just want to talk a bit about some local news. Cyclone Dovey causes damage throughout the Waikato. I mean, I was really hit by these blustery winds and a lot of the tree branches. Did you see how many trees fell? Yeah, quite a few trees have fallen down. Over the Waikato. And then we had Volunteer Group restores 72,000 graves of returned servicemen. But we're asking, with the lockdown and everything, why did they die when our freedoms and rights are being taken away from us? Uh, what do you think about that, Mike? The, the freedoms and rights taken away from us? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's something wrong when politics turns to biopolitics and people are um, ostracised over, um, you know, like a medical treatment. Yeah. Okay, now, new blockbuster video game combining every expression, acting, music, you play the part, uh, sci-fi story, humanity is gone, hunter-gatherer, fighting, hunting, robots. Uh, okay, and uh, someone from Infinity, is, um, who is a practitioner, is looking to put my game together, so this is quite wonderful. Okay, so Steve Evans at Ponsonby uh, Police Station uh, supporting the anti-mandate protesters down there in Wellington as the police uh, seek reinforcements, uh, trying to disconstruct Tent City. And 122 people were arrested at the anti-mandate protest. Trevor Mallard, Speaker of the House, threatened to dismantle tents and turn sprinklers on playing this uh, loud music. So the police want to negotiate with the leaders saying it's no place for children because apparently there's a lot of crap (laughs) in different places. I'm not sure. Digging drains, you know. I said, hey, Mr. Mallard, I was thinking, doesn't that entitle the protesters to free water and free nourishment? From the government? Yeah, well, the protesters have a right to be there. Yeah. And the people are standing in their beliefs and holding the line. Graham Robertson is saying threats are being made on politicians' lives. I think the politicians need to wake up. Um, oh, yeah. What do you think about that, Mike, about the protests down in Wellington? Um, well, I support the right to protest. Yep, yep, good uh, on we, you. We've protested our, ourselves on various issues. Yep. 
Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, um, the citizenry should always have a right to protest what yep. the government's doing or what um, certain powers are doing. Yep. And um, to try and shut that down means, to me, it's a sign that there's a few um, thin-skinned politicians around that really can't... Front up. Can, confront the issues that yeah. are um, protesting about. Now, apparently there's been 49,000 booster jabs given. There's 800 cases of uh, Omicron or COVID a day, and they're talking about rapid antigen tests that everyone can, can do. And it looks like, looks like with Omicron that you have to isolate. So if someone so much as sneezes or coughs, people will say, ooh, he could have yeah, Omicron. it's, it's so, a little bit... It's a little bit disturbing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it is. But yeah. I'm just going to cut across you here and right now and take over a wee bit. Um, Mr. Ferris, would you like to introduce yourself and summarise your mahi? Yes, because you're a political analyst and researcher. Um, so could you summarise what it is you represent and stand for? Sure. Well, I'm not a political analyst, um, but I think everybody today is forced into a position of some political views as it so much affects their lives. Yep. <clears throat> my, my work is with the Citizens Commission on Human Rights. And we're a group that was established back in 1969 internationally. Yep. Um, and we were established by the Church of Scientology and by Professor Thomas Ra's psychiatrist to uh, basically investigate areas of um, human rights abuse in the field of psychiatry and mental health. Yep. Mm. And and hold them to account over those abuses. Yeah. The group of New Zealand started in 75. Um, I've been working with the group for, well, actually about 30 years or so. Wow. Yeah. And, it's a huge um, commitment. Yeah. And I'm currently the director. And so we look at um, the human rights abuse of compulsory treatment, yeah. treatment given against the person's will, yep. enforced incarceration, um, seclusion, ECT, yep. um, drugging, <clears throat> and and we hold various agencies to account when we have uh, we help people file. Now with CCHR, that's yeah. interesting that they don't recognise medical treatment in terms of drugs uh, administered by psychiatry and so forth. Isn't that quite uh, radical? Well, yes and no. Um, Drugs for the mind uh, alter the the makeup of the chemicals of the brain. Yep. They don't solve any problems. Yeah. So you're basically talking about... um, using a spiritual model with a medical model or an alternative model? I think if there, I, I think if psychiatry didn't have a monopoly on mental health, I think that there would be more holistic healing going on. Right. That incorporates, um, That's good. Ver- various so you approaches are, to mental health. Oh, sorry, sir. Are you part of CCHR, the Global Citizens Human Rights Commission? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yes, okay, cool. One question I wanted to ask you, with the human rights champions and defenders and the Royal Commission into Abuse and State and Faith-Based Care 
Benedict XVI expresses profound shame acknowledging the grief and grave errors in handling abuse cases in the Catholic Church with their code of silence. They've had 300 victims of clerical abuse in Italy and 216,000 children have been abused in the last 70 years in France. What do you think needs to happen there? Does there need to be repentance and apology, recompense? What would you be satisfied with, Mike, in terms of the faith-based abuse that's gone on? We, um, our, our focus is on, first of all, is on psychiatric abuse. Yes. Um, the church abuse um, is similar, however, because you have a very powerful body, hmm. um, and in this case a religious body, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> where it's um, people, not all of them, but certainly some, have abused children in their care. Yes. Which I'm- is atrocious. And it's a code of silence. You don't like this idea of shutting it all up and just letting them. And they're not accountable. This is what I'm finding. You know, I've talked to the uh, bishop here in Hamilton and they pray about it and and they're supposed to be responsible about being honest what really happened, but they seem to cover it all up, don't they? Well, the idea of covering things up is, is a huge problem. Mm. both in, in that arena and also in the medical arena. Okay. Uh, and it means that there's a bit of facing up to, to do, and, uh, and the Catholic Church has got a bit of facing up to do globally. And it's this Royal Commission that's happening now yeah. that's exposing this these events. Mm. Yeah. And people are, are waking up and they're going, well, actually, this should never Absolutely. have happened. Absolutely. Yep. Yes. And what can be done? So they're building now a redress for <clears throat> that's um, good for, for victims I like mm. that well um, along those lines Mr Ferris uh, uh-huh. what did you think of the New Zealand Human Rights Awards which took place with your eyeballs watching yes well it's um, an award given by Families for Justice yes by our friend Steve Evans yes, yes. and his team Hmm. And they're just recognising people who have worked in these areas of uh, standing up for human rights. Yes. And and quite quite prominent and quite vocal about it. Yeah. So uh, how many recipients uh, did you recognise from the awards? It wasn't our award. It was um, the Families for Justice giving out these awards. I think there was about about nine people together that was being recognised. Yes. Last yeah. Thursday, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And all of them were survivors of one sort or another who were pushing f- to get the Royal Commission of Inquiry and working, you know, as volunteers, I mean, they're not getting paid for this, to press home those those rights and that there should be a full inquiry into what happened. Absolutely. I yeah. think that's very commendable. I, I really can't criticize that at all. Yeah. yeah, and I've been deeply upset because we've had thousands upon thousands of cases in the last 50 years. They talk about a commission to expose about what's really gone on, but they've done very little in terms of redress. I mean, have, has there been money given back and recompense? Has, has there been, I'm sorry, we're sorry, the government is sorry about what's really happened? What about well, the redress? Well, <coughs> there's, there's two questions there, really. 
during some of those commission hearings, um, individuals and agencies have apologised for their um, inaction or wrong action. Yes. I think that those apologies, from my perspective, could go a lot further, and perhaps there's still more to come. Yep. Um, the, the state now is putting together a redress scheme or package, and there's some people working on that at the moment. Yep. Um, and that's one of the recommendations by the Royal Commission to do that. And so the government is now, has a task force, working on that very thing. Now, that's not a, um, an easy task, I've got to say. I've spoken to some of the people working on it. No, because you've got uh, victims of abuse and the trauma associated with and bringing it all out. You see, in terms of a spiritual counsellor, I feel um, there's not only the sorry, saying we're sorry and paying money, but there's also dealing with the trauma and the heartache and, and the, uh, you know, the, the sheer devastation that a lot of these victims have gone through. And that is a very, very real issue mm. because rehabilitation of the individual mm. is also part of redress. And how do you help that person live um, a better life having yep. suffered that abuse? And that's an ongoing rehabilitation. That just, that's not over in a week or a month. That's a lifetime. That's right. You know? Mm. And... Uh, and I think that that redress issue has to really take into account that these are damaged people. Yeah. yeah. And the damage was done by the powerful agencies of psychiatry or people um, in the faith-based organisations who yeah. had children in their care and, and yet they abused that. This is one factor that, that Steve keeps bringing up, that judges and Oranga Tamariki are answerable to the bureaucracies. The government is answerable to bureaucracies, all these highfalutin people who receive hundreds of thousands of dollars to take care of children and, and this sort of thing, uh, and justice. But the judges are not answerable to the people because we don't have a constitution. Now, in terms of human rights, what's happened with Omicron and so forth, everyone's saying our rights and freedoms are going are there any human rights mm. anymore? Uh, how do you answer that, Mike? Well, if the Bill of Rights was enacted as a constitution, yep. then it would have seniority over the other acts of Parliament. Right. At, at the moment, it does not. Right. Yeah. So it's little more than words on a page, really, to be honest. Now, and when so, I went up to Auckland... Um, I went by train and show, so did Jenny and I found it hard to find the place. So it was a good thing that Jenny found, found the place. But there are factors challenging the Tahuia connection White Cato to Auckland. Kiwi Rail needs to advertise on TV and in the paper. They need to print a pamphlet so people... Because I couldn't find the strand when I was coming back. Kiwi Rail needs to advertise historical poster outlining architecture and stations as well as historical spots along the way. Talking Narawahia, Huntley, Pukimara, Rangariri, Mercy, Tuakau. The Auckland Business Board wants to know what's in it for them. You've got to promote their cause. So it's not about 
money going up to Auckland. It's about tourism and, and, and providing a service to the people. So I'm just sort of saying, when I was up in Auckland, I actually slept at Myers Park. Did you know that? Well, you're, you're too much of a human rights activist someday, Mr. Geelan. Do you think so? You really are. I was so worried sick about yours. Like, my granddad... My granddad, like, and we were supposed to host the awards together. Yeah. So. But I met the lady from Whangarei and I gave her a copy of my advocacy training service. And uh, so this week has been quite interesting for me, Mike, because I went to Tiaraha on Friday and I had to actually commit um, Derek Foster's father and grandfather to the Lord. And... Um, I had to stand before the plaque and I had to say, well, receive his spirit, Lord Jesus. And his grandfather had taken his life because he'd been at Casino and suffered from PTSD. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, when you're trying to reconcile dead loved ones, it's pretty hard to do, isn't it? So um, spiritually, Mike, have you got peace in your own heart and life, having reconciled all the trauma and uh, abuse you've been through in life? Well, I never suffered um, personally from abuse as a child. Right. Um, but I have taken it upon myself to work in this area because of seeing the effects on other people. Yeah. And but it's something, it's something we all go through. I've been through abandonment. I mean... Uh, Jenny's got her issues, you know. We all go through struggles. We all get knocked about in life, so we all. Hello, Mister Nice Stranger. Jenny's got abandonment issues. <laughs> yeah, so everyone has to do a trauma recovery plan, and this is what I find with suicide prevention and a Rainbow Ribbons program. You've got to front up as a healer and a trauma recovery practitioner. And um, you've, you've got to become a buddy supporter and practice suicide at first aid with people around you. Mm. Um, how many of those people, I wondered, who've been through state care abuse, how much suicide has been amongst all that, Mike? Look, I, I think it has been a lot. Yep. And, <clears throat> and essentially, uh, you could break down um, the loss of self-worth. Yep. through that because of that abuse yep and as a result of that abuse and that loss of self-worth is a precursor to suicidal actions um and, and it's brought about through events that have happened in the person's life and they don't need psychiatric treatment they need social and personal or spiritual healing yeah. <coughs> Tifari Tapafa, spiritual, social, yeah, healing. Yeah. And for, for, and that's a holistic approach. It's not a, a one size fits all approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're against this monopoly on mental health, which is drugs and ECT, basically. Mm. What did you think of the UN's ruling of uh, Lake Alice? and the cruelty that was done. I believe the commission has just closed, uh, has finished most of the hearings? The Lake Alice hearing is complete. Yeah. And the Royal Commission's about to release a, a report on that around about mid-year this year. 
Mm. We were the people that put that complaint to the United Nations. Yes, yes. And I, I believe I, you were yeah. one of the uh, kings of that endeavour. I, I basically wrote the complaint. And I yeah. Yes. The legal point. Wow, that's amazing. And, um, yes, so to take the country to the, to the UN Committee Against Torture yep. yes. and, and win our case is um, a pretty landmark yeah, event. achievement. A wonderful achievement. Yeah. So, uh, did you travel to uh, the UN? I personally didn't, but uh, Paul Zenfeld, one of the survivors, yes, and uh, a guy called Steve Green, who did hold my position in, uh, in 2015, they travelled to Geneva to personally represent in front of the committee. Wow, um, yes, I remember uh, Mr. Zentfield, uh, he's become a friend of mine, uh, referring to the time um, he stood up in the United Nations, and I mean, I couldn't believe this sort of stuff. Um, yeah. Do Are you happy with the amount of work that the United Nations does as someone who has researched and written letters to them and for them? Well, yes. Uh, I think the Committee of, Against Torture, who we've definitely engaged with, have done a great job on our particular issue mm. and probably other issues around the world. Mm. And I think the UN is an interesting body um, because they're trying to hold to account governments yeah. who enact and become human rights focused. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and all parts of legislation, including care of children, indigenous people's rights, yeah. all kinds of interesting things. Now, and, I want to um, ask you a question in relationship to the Medical Council. In, in terms oh, yes. of what's going on with the unvaxxed currently, Dr. Siren uh, Scarpo, the agenda against unvaxxed is horrendous. It's in the dictatorial narrative. It's about the government shutting down the fabric of society, maligning and hating the unjabbed. Uh, pro-choice parents, people are dying, written off as casualties of COVID, the registration of morbidity and mortality of patients is erroneous. It's about the great reset and uh, technology and AI technology. Um, in terms of the Medical Council in New Zealand, do you think they're doing enough about COVID and about the fact that some people are dying from what's in the vaccine and one thing or another? Okay. Uh, it's a little hard for me to comment on that particular issue. Yep. We have engaged with the Medical Council over psychiatric issues. Yep. And certainly in the, in the Lake Alice case, they failed to act when they should have, for which they've now apologised for. Yep. Um, and their, their role is the registration of doctors and the and holding to account doctors who have engaged in unethical practice. Yep. Um, they would only um, take into account individual doctors and practitioners over their practice. They wouldn't take the government to account over its COVID mandates, um, over vaccines, um, that's not the role of the medical council, right? So, uh, yeah, uh, who, do, who who would do that? Um, that's actually quite hard to. I, I don't know. I don't even know if the, the health and disability commission would take that on board. 
Yeah, but in terms of freedoms and rights and people's right to be pro-choice in this country and their right not to be vaxxed and having to have passports wherever they go sort of thing, um, people have the right to stand up, don't they? Of course they do. And that's probably more a human rights commission issue. Yes. And I do think they have something to say about it. Because it is a human right, especially in our Bill of Rights, is the right to refuse medical treatment. Yeah. Um, and, of course, that, that is a human right. Because for some people, they don't want, you know, um, chemotherapy, for example. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For cancer. And that has to be respected. They, they might want yeah. to try some, some alternative form. What would you like to it, see the Medical Council do? Because I like what you were saying about CCHR and their work and having alternative treatment using a spiritual model with a medical model. And um, the medical council in terms of psychiatry and some of the abuses with drugs, what would you like to see the medical council in, the, in New Zealand do? Well, I think the medical council... Um Probably do a few, quite a few things, but in terms of the COVID thing, yep. Um, and I, I guess my criticism over the various um, rhetoric and narratives over the COVID uh, vaccine, yep, is what we don't hear. <laughs> what we don't hear about is what do you do if you catch it? Yeah, right. We get they tell us to self isolate now. Yeah. So what, do you, what do you do? Do you, do you take do you take painkillers? No, probably not. Right. Do you, do you go, do you, go and, you know, squeeze a few lemons and yeah. drink lemon juice? No one's telling us what's a, what's a good remedy. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really upset and I'm up in the air that there's not enough autopsies and there's not enough evidence in terms of what's in the vaccine and now we're told with Omicron a, a thousand cases a day and I have people, if you just so much as sneeze, hey, you could have Omicron. Well, what, what on earth is Omicron? So to my way of thinking, the medical council has a responsibility to define exactly what COVID is and its effects on us. You know what I mean? There's not enough information on TV and it's like the... We're, we're hijacked by a media that doesn't give yeah. both sides of the story. And then we get the unjabbed people down protesting and all of a sudden they're looked upon as being criminals when they're just standing up for their rights. Yeah, and I don't think it's just unjabbed people. I think there's a quite a few people that have had the vaccination yeah. that also don't believe in the mandate. Yeah. Um, and, it's, and I think that that's a part of the, um, the oversimplification of the issue. Yep. There's one, one group of people for and another group of people against. It's not that simple. Some people have been vaccinated but don't agree with mandates. Yep. Some people have been vaccinated and don't want to get a booster shot. Because yeah, uh, they're starting to go, well, how long is this going to go on for? Yeah. And so you have all these mixed messages. And the media is complicit because the media only... Well, um, yeah. Um, well, it goes with the narrative of the government. Yeah. They don't challenge it. Everything you have said today has been very prosperous and very insightful. Unfortunately, uh, us... Yeah. 
uh, we'll be finishing in two minutes. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. So you're, you're talking about, unfortunately, the narrative of the council is not really responsible to where the people are coming from? What are you, what are you saying there, Mike? Well, essentially, the medical council, because they are part of the establishment, they're not going to challenge much. Yeah. They're not going to challenge what the government's doing. And, right. And, and even the medicine behind it, or the, they call it the science behind it. Yeah. Um, they won't challenge that because it's part of the status quo. Yeah. And they only ever support the status quo. That's right. It. And they need right, to speak out. Like yourself that ask the questions. Um, and you might say, well, well, they should. The media is responsible to bring out the truth, yeah, and to keep the uh, the council honest. Yeah. But you'll, you will find that the media will only itself support the status quo as well. Okay. Thank you, Mike Ferris, for coming on the radio. That's wonderful. Uh, and, and we've got to keep the council honest and let's hope there's full reconciliation in the, in the future for all the Low key abuse. Mike is a lovely person. <laughs> okay, thank you. Well, well, Bye-bye, Mike. Thank you, thank you very you. much, Mike. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.